Real Presence Live. That which is beautiful will manifest itself in truth and in goodness. Local. The challenges that we're facing in our generation, we just need the gospel. I mean, every every culture, every generation just needs to know how the gospel applies. Engaging. We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. It gives us the life. Live. The reality is He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. And good morning on a beautiful, rainy morning in southern Minnesota. This is Nick Medelsky, Listener Relationship Coordinator for Real Presence Radio, uh, joining you live from Wasika, Minnesota. Usually I've been joining you from Rochester, but today we're in Wasika, the land of the fertile soil, and where I make my home with my family. Let's begin uh, today and then we'll, uh, with prayer, and then we'll talk a little bit about uh, what we're going to be talking about on the show today and jump right in. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, Amen. Heavenly King, Advocate, Spirit of Truth, who everywhere present and fill all things, treasury of blessings, bestower of life, come and dwell within us, cleanse us of all that defiles us, and, O good one, save our souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit, Amen. Glory to Jesus Christ. Um, that prayer is very fitting today. As our first segment, we will be discussing the uh, Byzantine Rite, the Byzantine Rite Churches, and the Divine Liturgy with some guests I'm very, very excited to bring on air today. Uh, so, joining me this morning are Father Daniel Dozier and Father Deacon Anthony Dragani, and I'll let each one of them introduce themselves instead of me uh, trying to speak for them, um, and they'll um, be presenting a, a webinar in a few weeks here on how to attend a Byzantine Catholic Divine Liturgy. So, welcome, uh, Father Daniel, I'll let you go first, and kind of introduce yourself a little bit before we uh, jump into questions and the rest of the interview. Well, thanks, Nick. We're uh, really excited to be here and appreciate the opportunity to share a little bit about our church and uh, our liturgy and then also some of the things we have coming up in terms of events. So, uh, so again, my name is Father Daniel Dozier. I'm a Byzantine Catholic priest in Olympia, Washington. I'm the administrator for St. George the Great Martyr Byzantine Catholic Church. It's a small little parish here, an Eastern Catholic parish in the Byzantine tradition. And um, I also, uh, in addition to that, I'm an associate professor of scripture at our Byzantine Catholic Seminary in Pittsburgh and an academic associate at Franciscan University in Catholic Leadership. So uh, I'm a, a husband of one and father of three and a grandfather of one. So a little bit about my, my background. And also a not infrequent guest on uh, Catholic Answers Live, right? And uh, author there as I, well? Yeah, lately I have, especially, um, I, I wrote a little booklet for them on the, in their 20 Answers series, and it's on Eastern Catholicism. So I've been doing a few interviews with them, and also was on EWTN uh, recently to talk about the same, the same thing. There's a lot of interest in the Eastern Catholic Churches, so... Yeah, so it, it really is a, uh, all three of my guests uh, for this first part here are all EWTN related. Um, so <laughs> I'll let Father Deacon uh, Anthony, if you uh, introduce yourself as well. Hi, I'm Father Deacon Anthony. I am a uh, deacon in the Ukrainian Greek Catholic Church, which is one of the uh, Byzantine Catholic churches. I also I serve two parishes in western Pennsylvania, Protection of the Blessed Virgin Mary in Revlok, Pennsylvania, and St. Mary's Ukrainian Catholic Church in Northern Cambria, Pennsylvania. And I work as a professor of religious studies at Mount Aloysius College in Crescent, Pennsylvania. 
And you used to always also uh, work for EWTN back in the day. I remember submitting questions to the uh, online forum uh, there to yes, ask questions was, of the uh, experts. On- so. Yeah, I was one of the online experts in Eastern Catholicism. I really enjoyed doing that for many years. Yeah, so it's a it's a big uh, go team moment, you know. <laughs> yeah, all EWTN totally. related this morning, and uh, you know, uh, as I've shared on air before, I'm uh, a Ukrainian Catholic uh, as well, and in the diaconate formation program. So, and Father Dozier was a, a deacon for many years uh, before he became a priest. So it's also a big, you know, uh, deacon moment too. And uh, Father Dozier, you started as a Ukrainian deacon uh, before becoming Byzantine, correct? I did. That's correct. I was uh, I was ordained at St. Joseph Abbot's Cathedral in Parma, Ohio, uh, by the Ukrainian bishop, and served in the missions in the southeast for a while. My father is also a Ukrainian Catholic deacon, so uh, it, it's a diaconal moment as well as an EWTN moment. But after right. after 12 years uh, uh, being a deacon, uh, my bishop asked me if I would be willing to serve as a priest, and after some discernment and prayer with my wife, we decided that um, that we would be willing to to change uh, to change our ministry, if you will, and and mm-hmm. focus in on on serving as a presbyter. So beautiful, beautiful. I was so excited to see the news when I saw that happen. So um, oh, even though we're <laughs> great um, I was one of those I was one of those COVID baby priests though, because it, it right. happened in the midst of the whole pandemic, and I think there were more people on the altar than than actually in the nave in the cathedral. So. Yeah. Well, beautiful, beautiful. We're, we're glad we're glad to have you as a deacon, and now glad to have you as a priest. So, uh, thank you for your uh, for your service to the church and God's people. Thank you. Um, thank so, before we confuse people too much more, we've talked about Ukrainian Catholic, Byzantine Catholic. Um, so, maybe we should start at the very beginning, as the song goes, and uh, talk a little bit about how you know there's one Catholic Church, but it's actually made up of 24 churches. Um, who would, <laughs> would either of you like to explain how that works? Sure. Well, and actually, Father Deacon and I sort of uh, were looking at some of the questions and decided to divide and conquer a bit. So I, I'll take this first question because I think it's uh, I think it's an important one, as you say. Uh, you know, most people, when we think about the Catholic Church, we think about one holy Catholic and apostolic church, universal. And usually it's, it's associated with the Latin Church, which is the largest of all of the churches that make up this one holy Catholic and apostolic church. So our, our Catholic church is actually a church of churches, uh, with the 24 that you mentioned, um, these 24 churches, the, the largest being the, the one church of the West, but all the other 23 churches are Eastern churches. So, uh, so the, go ahead. Oh, sorry, I yes. wasn't saying anything. <laughs> Continue. Oh, okay. So, yes. Yeah, so so these Eastern churches are, um, are, are churches that have their own unique uh, form of liturgy or worship, uh, expressions of theology, spirituality, and law, but it's all rooted in the same faith that was established uh, by Christ with the apostles uh, when he commissioned them to go out into all the world to preach the gospel and make disciples of all nations. And so they did this, and so as the gospel took root in these different locations, uh, you know, around kind of Asia Minor and, and beyond, uh, they began to express that same one Holy Catholic and Apostolic faith according to their own cultural, linguistic, artistic, philosophical genius. And so you have this, this, these distinctive families of, of, um, of churches that developed out of this 
especially associated with larger metropolitan cities, these larger metropolitan cities um, that became like mother churches to daughter churches. And so you, you end up forming these distinctive rites or ritual churches that, um, that are what we know today as the Eastern Catholic churches. Beautiful, beautiful. So um, we've thrown around the term uh, Byzantine, and some people may have heard the different terms rite and church. We, you know, uh, it can be kind of hard to differentiate between those two, especially for uh, Roman Catholics, Latin Catholics, where the Latin rite is uh, what's practiced by the Latin church. You know, there's only kind of, they're, they're interchangeable in a way. Uh, so what is the Byzantine rite, um, and what is the difference between a rite and a church? I'll take that one. So the term church refers to a, you know, an organization, in a sense, a body of worshipers with its own hierarchy. So, for example, there are 24 churches. You know, the largest is, of course, the Latin Church, but you also have you know, the Romanian Greek Catholic Church, the Ukrainian Greek Catholic Church, the Melkite Church, the Maronite Church, the Chaldean Catholic Church. All these different churches are all their own bodies, so to speak, with their own hierarchies, although they're all united with communion through the Pope. But a rite is a system of worship and a type of spirituality. It's mostly used to describe how the sacraments are administered, how worship is celebrated, but also refers to spirituality and an approach to theology as well. So what happens is you have 24 different churches that together make up the Catholic Church, but among them there are only seven different rites that are used. So in some cases, Many churches use the same rite, and that is the case with what's called the Byzantine rite. The Byzantine rite is used by a number of different uh, Eastern Catholic churches. So, for example, the Ukrainian Catholic Church, the Ruthenian Catholic Church, the Romanian Church, the Melkite Church, uh, the Russian Catholic Church, several others all use the Byzantine rite. So they all worship the same way. They all have a similar uh, approach to theology and spirituality, uh, but they're all their own churches. So the term Byzantine goes back to the old Byzantine Empire at Constantinople. It's the rite that developed in the Church of, Hag- of Hagia Sophia in Constantinople. And it started there, and it spread throughout much of the Middle East and throughout most of Eastern Europe. Uh, in the United States, it's a little confusing sometimes, because there are multiple churches that use the Byzantine rite. Very often, the uh, Ruthenian churches refer to themselves as being Byzantine Catholic, but Ukrainian Catholics, uh, Melkite Catholics, Romanian Catholics are all Byzantine Catholics as well. And we all put kind of our own little uh, flavor, our own little touches on it in each of the churches. So the Byzantine rite might look a little different. Uh, I know it definitely sounds different at a Melkite parish from a Ukrainian parish from a Ruthenian uh, parish. So um, very much very, so. Yeah. Very similar, but I guess in a similar way to the Latin Rite, in that it might look slightly different from parish to parish, diocese to diocese. So kind of a similar thing, but we're all kind of united in that same uh, that same tradition, and like you said, spirituality, theology, um, that started there in Constantinople and has just continued on in such a beautiful way. Um, so it's such a beautiful thing to be a part of. Uh, if you're just joining us, uh, we're visiting with Father... Daniel Dozier and Father Deacon Anthony Dragani, and we're discussing the Divine Liturgy and the uh, Byzantine Rite in the Eastern Catholic Churches this morning. Uh, after the break, uh, we'll uh, be discussing the Divine Liturgy itself, uh, since that's kind of the focus of the webinar, and that's kind of its own 
um, own topic in and of itself. And obviously, we don't have enough time this morning to discuss to uh, discuss all of the distinctions, all of the nuances, all of those sorts of things. But just kind of at a fifty thousand foot view, what are some of sort of the differences and similarities between the Byzantine Rite and the Roman Rite that most people might be, most of our listeners might be familiar with? And so I'll go ahead and jump in here. I I think what most people experience when they, especially if they're coming uh, as Western Catholics or Latin Catholics to a Byzantine service, the first thing they're going to notice is the architecture is a little bit different. Um, We have, although most churches have sort of a tripartite division where you have an entry or a narthex, as we call it, a nave, and a sanctuary, we also have this really large, uh, what appears to be a wall with doors and icons, and, you know, it, it, it's, a, it's a moment where uh, they look at that and they, they wonder, am I in a Catholic church? <laughs> you know, because they're right. just not used to all these icons. But, but that iconostasis actually symbolizes the union of heaven and earth. It symbolizes Christ, because the altar area is heaven and then the nave is earth. So those two are brought together, and I think that's probably the best way of kind of framing what the intended experience is. It's meant to be an experience of heaven on earth and earth brought up into heaven. So just like we hear in the book of Revelation, there's, there's angels, there's saints, there's singing, uh, the whole liturgy is sung, there's incense, uh, there's, uh, there's a lot of color and movement and, and, and beauty in this new creation being expressed liturgically. Um, <clears throat> and so for some people, it's, it's, uh, it's an amazing experience. It can be a little overwhelming your first time. Mm-hmm. especially with everything being sung um, and with all the movement. But if you come into it, you just get immersed in it, and you, you suddenly re- realize, you know, this is something that takes you uh, beyond your earthly cares into kind of the, the realm of the kingdom, which is what we intend. Other, other differences, uh, you know, for instance, would be, you know, some churches don't have pews or have pews along mm-hmm. the perimeter as opposed to the stadium-style seating. Uh, you know, there are things like we don't have the kiss of peace. Uh, you'll see infants coming up for communion. Uh, you'll see, um, uh, you know, sometimes there's blessings and anointings at the end. Um, and we make the sign of the cross a little bit different. So we, we go in, in the sign of the cross. When you cross over your chest, it's from right to left, where, you know, the Trinity dwells in your heart, so it ends uh, where your heart is. So there a little different expression, but again, it's the one Holy Catholic Apostolic faith that we celebrate uh, according to uh, the, the beauty of the Byzantine tradition. Well, thank you so much, uh, Father Dozier and Father Dragani, uh, Father Deacon Dragani. Sorry, we're uh, going to have to let uh, Father Deacon uh, go, uh, and then we'll have a different guest for the second half of this first interview. But thank you so much for joining us, uh, Father Deacon Anthony, um, and for your service in the Church. My pleasure. Happy to be here, Nick. Stay tuned after the break. We'll talk a little bit more specifically about the Byzantine Divine Liturgy and be joined by another guest, Robert Klesko, on Real Presence Live. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Honor your Father by word and deed, that a blessing from Him may come upon you. Sirach 3.8 
Our priests guide us on the right path and teach us about our Catholic faith. At Real Presence Radio, we'd like to honor them for helping to deepen our relationship with Jesus. Each week on Real Presence Live, we honor our fathers with a dozen donuts generously donated by a local business. You can nominate your priest to receive special recognition by going to yourcatholicradiostation.com. And thank you to all our priests for your service to the Holy Catholic Church. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with a creative gift planning tip. Have interruptions impacted your charitable giving? If you feel like you have less to give this year or are waiting until you get through these recent challenges, we want to let you know about some creative gift options that won't cost you a dime this year. For example, you could designate Real Presence Radio as the beneficiary of all or percentage of your IRA or make RPR beneficiary of a percentage of your estate or specific asset. Make a bequest commitment gift this year without impacting your savings or investments. To learn more about the benefits of making a charitable bequest, please visit our plan giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. Hi, I'm Carrie Dew, Executive Director at Riverview Place Senior Living Community in Fargo. For over 35 years, we've been honored to nourish our residents in mind, body, and spirit. We offer a full calendar of activities, events, and faith-based programming, and the best food in town. Our independent and assisted living residents thrive in our warm, comfortable, and compassionate community. We'd love to meet you. Call Marin or Katie today at 701-237-4700 to line up a tour. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. And good morning. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. Nick Medelsky on the air with you live from Waseca, Minnesota, the land of the fertile soil is what that name means. And I'm pleased, beyond pleased, excited, elated, Uh, to be discussing the Divine Liturgy and the Byzantine Rite in the Eastern Catholic Churches this morning. And as I promised, the second half of the interview, we're being joined by another guest, uh, Robert Klesko, a good friend of mine from back in my college days, my wild youth. Um, So welcome, Robert. Could you introduce yourself a little bit uh, to our listeners? Sure. Thank you, Nick. It's good to be with you. Uh, My name is Robert Klesko. I'm a theology advisor at EWTN. Um, I'm kind of our Byzantine Catholic on staff to handle Eastern Catholic things and Eastern Catholic guests, so it's a great thing to be serving EWTN in that capacity. And I am also uh, in deacon formation for the Archeparchy of Pittsburgh, and we just started our third year, so please keep a a group of about 18 guys in your prayers for uh, the deacon program through Byzantine Catholic Seminary. So good to be with you, Nick. Excellent, and uh, you worship at a Melkite parish, correct? I do, here in Birmingham, Alabama, uh, St. George, uh, the great martyr, Melkite Catholic Church. Um, I am canonically Ruthenian, um, but there is no Ruthenian parish near me. I think the closest one is about two and a half hours away. So I have found a very happy home among the Melkites, a very welcoming and dynamic community, so I'm glad to be with them. And uh, a parish with a very interesting history as far as uh, civil rights and things like that in the United States, correct? Correct. 
Oh, yeah. Uh, back in the day, uh, our pastor was Father Joseph Raya, um, who later became an archbishop in, in uh, Galilee. So he went back to Jesus' hometown. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, he was very involved when he was here in Birmingham with the Civil Rights Movement. He marched with uh, Dr. Martin Luther King, helped him organize uh, demonstrations uh, throughout Alabama, and, in fact, got beaten up three times. Uh, by members of the KKK for his activism and for uh, standing up for the dignity of all people. So, yeah, he's a great, great example of faithful Catholic social teaching in action. And a beautiful example of, even though the Eastern Catholic churches might be small, we're still uh, mighty and making a huge contribution in some ways. That's right. Um, right. When you have such a a prominent figure like that. Okay, so not to take too much of a left turn, (laughs) but sometimes I'm known to do that in real life and on air. So we were talking before the break about uh, some of the, the, you know, overarching differences, similarities between the Byzantine Rite and the Roman Rite most people might be familiar with. And probably the the biggest, um, you know, experience a lot of people will have, their first experience, maybe even their main experience, is the Divine Liturgy in Byzantine Rite churches and how that differs from the Roman uh, Mass, uh, whether that's ordinary form, extraordinary form, Anglican, whatever else. Uh, so what... Uh, what are some of those differences? Uh, what I don't want to say differences. What are some of the things someone might notice, and what would they, you know, be struck with uh, when they attend a Byzantine rite uh, divine liturgy? Well, one thing that will resonate with all of us who are on this program right now um, is in the Byzantine rite, the service of the deacon is so central to the liturgical experience. So if you go to a Byzantine church and they have a deacon, you're going to notice he is so busy. Um, mm-hmm. he's, he's leading, I think he has three different litanies throughout the Divine Liturgy. In fact, I think if you totaled up the, the number of words spoken by the clergy, the deacon has more words than the priest. Um, so you're going to notice that the deacon serves as an emissary between the service in the sanctuary and the service with the people um, who are standing together and worshiping God. So it's a really beautiful liturgical connection there, um, because you'll see him come out from the sanctuary through the deacon doors to lead the people in prayer, to offer the petitions before God. Um, So that's one major thing you'll notice, um, whereas in the Latin Rite, the deacon has a little bit less to do. Still visible and present and very important, but a little less Mm -hmm. to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so that role of the deacon, uh, the role of the deacon, is really highlighted and maintained in the Byzantine rite. Right, absolutely. And there are um, a lot of the smells and bells. Um, we we like both of those a lot in the Byzantine rite, don't we? We absolutely do. Um, that's something else you'll notice. The, the incense is used constantly throughout the Divine Liturgy. And again, I think that goes, it goes back all the way through salvation history to the Old Testament. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, when God was giving Moses instructions for worship um, and the offering of incense in the Old Testament and carried through, like uh, Father Dozier was mentioning, the book of Revelation, right? The incense being offered at the altar of God is the prayer of the saints. Um, so we, we offer that throughout the Divine Liturgy to kind of bring that 
connection of the senses, right? Because it smacks you in the nose and it's something different. And it's something that you're not used to smelling in your ordinary life. And that's right. precisely what worship is about. Is It's meant to lift you out of ordinary life and bring you into the experience and encounter with God. Right, absolutely. There's that beautiful story, right, of St. Volodymyr uh, in Kievan Rus, and he decided he was going to pick a religion, so he sent his emissaries to check out the different faiths around him. And when his emissaries got to Constantinople and saw the beautiful liturgy there, they said they didn't know whether they were on earth or in heaven, right, because of just how much beauty uh, there is involved in our liturgy. And, of course, I mean, being at the, the Patriarchal Cathedral, I'm sure, was <laughs> was even more, um, you know, exciting and uh, well done than your typical parish church, maybe necessarily at the time. But um, still, that, that holds. And I know when whenever anyone asks me, uh, because I was raised Roman Catholic and became Ukrainian Catholic later in life, uh, one of the reasons that uh, I decided to make that change is just uh, that that exact same quotation, you know, I, I don't know whether I'm in heaven or on earth, and that's a beautiful place to be. What tips uh, might you be able to give for etiquette uh, for Roman Catholics who've never been to a divine liturgy before, if they'd uh, like to go and check it out? Um, of course, everyone is, if you're Roman Catholic, Ukrainian Catholic, uh, Ruthenian Catholic, you're welcome to go to any Catholic liturgy and communion with the Holy Father, and receive the Eucharist, um, if any of our listeners didn't know that. So you're more than welcome to come to uh, one of our divine liturgies uh, at our parishes. Uh, what tips, uh, though, on etiquette for someone who's like, well, I'd go, but I don't know what to do? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question, one that we are going to also be answering in our webinar coming up uh, this Sunday, uh, because a lot of people do ask that, and we don't want people to be intimidated uh, when it comes to, well, I'm not so sure I should visit, and I don't know all the customs. You know, are, are some of the suggestions that we would make, first of all, is just to familiarize yourself a little bit with the parish. One of the things that has been, if there can be a positive outcome of this whole time during the pandemic, has been there is a tremendous repository of, of liturgies on YouTube <clears throat> where you can actually go in and, and watch uh, divine liturgies pretty much all over the country. And you can see and experience and get a, just a sense of, you know, what this church is like. Uh, you can visit their Facebook pages. Uh, you can, you know, read some of the literature that's available online. So just to get a little familiarity uh, with us, we do have some standard questions. We get asked, are you guys under the Pope? You know, that, that kind of thing. Well, we mentioned his name five times in the Divine Liturgy. Hopefully that's right. <laughs> that we're, we're in communion with the, the Holy Father. Um, but I think when you come, one recommendation is, you know, don't come and bury your head in the liturgical book. Really come and just just put down the book. If, if You know, I understand you probably want to try to follow along, but don't be too overly concerned about it. Just experience the liturgy. Uh, you know, this is, the, this is the revelation of the glory of God, and you're being invited to participate in it. And uh, I'm sure, you know, St. John during the apocalypse, was not, wait a second, what page are we on in the book of Revelation? <laughs> no, he's like, oh, this is the glory of God being manifest in the heavens with the saints and the angels. You know, enter into the, the prayer, uh, St. Catherine, or not St. Catherine, hopefully someday, St. Catherine Doherty, uh, mm -hmm. used to say, you know, there comes a time when you need to fold the wings of the intellect and bow down to the mystery. Just come yes. and be ready to be open to experience it and, uh, and, and really 
simply delight in, in the worship that's unfolding before you. And then just follow the people around you. You know, they, they'll be doing certain things, <clears throat> bowing and making the sign of the cross. And, you know, don't, don't get overly concerned about, uh, about, about too much. Just come and, and experience it. That would be my recommendation. That's an excellent recommendation, um, especially because everything is sung, everything is going on around you, and to be honest, um, it can be kind of confusing to try and follow around in the book because there's, you know, different changeable parts and things like that. So it's easier to, just like you said, to just experience it. And we've been talking, you know, uh, Robert, you talked about the senses and how important those are uh, for drawing people into the Divine Liturgy and into worship. Uh, so it's so important to experience those rather than, you know, flipping through the book and, okay, where's this part, where's that part? Oh, I guess we skipped that. What? This this isn't the book, you know? <laughs> uh, so um, that that's excellent advice. Um, okay, so how can our listeners uh, find out more? I know you guys are presenting a webinar, and we've posted a link to that on our Facebook page. If people are interested in attending that, um, any other tips? Well, uh, our, our uh, prior guest, uh, Father uh, Deacon Anthony Dragani, has a tremendous website. It's called east2west.org, and the, the two is a two, and the number two, so east2west.org. And uh, he has, uh, you know, out of his work at EWTN and just over the years uh, as a theologian, he has done a great job of answering a lot of common questions. And of course, I have my book uh, on Eastern Catholicism through uh, Catholic Answers that a lot of people have seemed to find helpful. Mm-hmm. There's a, many churches kind of packing uh, packing their book racks with it because it answers common common questions that people have when they come to an Eastern church for the first time. Um, and then there's also finally God, GodWithUsOnline.org is another great resource uh, that the bishops, our Eastern Catholic bishops, have sponsored and uh, definitely recommend taking advantage of the many videos that are there. Beautiful. And uh, like I, we said, that webinar is coming up on Sunday. If you'd like to find out more, the link is on our Facebook page at Real Presence Live. Uh, Father Dozier, uh, Robert Klesko, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Uh, wonderful to thank have you, you on. Up next, are you looking for healing and deliverance? Uh, we'll share one way you can find just that. Stay tuned to Real Presence Live on this beautiful Wednesday morning. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network.